And we're going to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and have our first special guest of the new year, and it is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, Happy New Year. Hope your new year is off to a very good start, my friend. Yeah, how are y'all doing? Uh, doing quite well. So let's uh, let's kind of start with this Auburn basketball team, then we'll talk some other things about the, the playoff and college football, that sort of thing. Uh, Auburn basketball with a very close and uh, gritty win against Florida in Neville Arena last week and a very epic ending to that one. We'll just start uh, with that Auburn-Florida game. What did you see from that game out of Auburn? And and uh, just after a, a non-conference that ended with a bang in Washington, another game where the offense was not stellar. However, the defense was quite good. Yeah, I mean, I thought Auburn in, in the first half looked a lot like what they did against USC and stretches of the first half against Washington. It's, it's Auburn's offense, you know, is not going to light you up from deep, but they can score and score fairly efficiently when they don't turn the ball over at a high rate. In the first half against Florida, they did that, and that's how they fell in a hole. Uh, second half, I mean, their their second half offensive numbers uh, from like a per possession standpoint uh, were really good. Uh, they scored a, over sixty percent of their possessions, and uh, the average uh, I think it was like one point two or one point three points per possession. Like those are good numbers to have, especially if you play great defense like Auburn does. Um, so I mean, I, the, the key for this Auburn team is like, yeah, you know, this team's not going to be super consistent from deep uh, and you know they have to really really work hard to get their their shots um, and, and, and to go in but I think the offense um, when they take care of the ball their offense is more than capable of winning basketball games for them especially with the way they play defense and the way they rebound so I mean that that's the key for them moving forward is that they, they've just got to find a way to cut down turnovers execute their offense clean, more cleanly and I think they'll be fine and I think they can still um, you know, make some noise in SEC play, but if they get this turnover bug, continuing to bite them really hard, it's going to cost them. You know, as, as tougher games as they got coming up. Uh, you know, really Saturday with with Arkansas being the the first really really huge test uh, in conference play. But yeah, the defense is playing super well. Um, you know, right now, uh, I think that's that's just kind of been the case outside of the Memphis game. They've had really really great defense all season long. Uh, the fact that they really stopped calling the Castleton after Castleton gave them two big games last year, uh, even against Walker Kessler, I thought was a really good sign for Janai Baroom and Dylan Carwell. Uh, and yeah, I mean, they rebounded the ball really, really well. I mean, some of the lessons, you know, when they, when they lost to Memphis in Atlanta, they couldn't rebound and they couldn't really defend. Um, and those kind of seem to be kind of one-offs because ever since then they've, they've done a really good job in both of those areas. It's just a matter of you know, getting cleaner and being smoother on the offensive end. And it really, really comes down to just not turning the ball over as much because when they keep the ball and get shots up, they, they, they aren't very efficient shooting, but they, they, they rebound uh, as good as pretty much any major conference team in the country uh, on the offensive glass. So got to keep doing that. They just got to take care of the ball, and, and that needs to come. Uh, as the as the competition gets tougher, Ferga, walk us through the conference as a whole in the SEC. Who are the teams that are expected to really challenge uh, for the SEC title and uh, some some kind of dark horse contenders? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, uh, I, I particularly think the best team in the league is Alabama. Uh, I think the body of work that they've gotten to this point is pretty impressive. They've lost some games, but they've been against really good teams. They've also beaten some really good teams. Um, you know, it's tough to win on the road in college basketball, especially in conference play. There's a number of, you know, like top 10 teams that have fallen here in the first week or so of, of, of you know, kind of the media conference play playing away from home. But Alabama took a really good Mississippi State team and beat them and it didn't really, you know, wasn't really close, um, you know, in that game. I think they won by like 11 or 12. 
and they were ahead by that amount for at least most of the second half. Um, you know, so Alabama's playing really, really well right now. Brandon Miller is one of the best players in the country as a freshman, and, and he's he's giving them exactly what they thought they were going to be. So Bama's the kind of the team I think everybody's going to be chasing right now, especially with Arkansas and Kentucky both starting off with losses. You know, LSU beating uh, Arkansas and then Missouri beating um, Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee uh, has the best defense in America. Um, they, like Auburn, have uh, some turnover problems and some offensive issues, uh, but they – are pretty battle-tested at this point, uh, and I think that's the other team that you got to really, really look at. I think Arkansas and Kentucky are going to be fine and, and be good teams moving forward, but they're just not quite clicking at the level that I think some people thought they would be at this point in the year. So it's like them and Auburn are kind of in that same kind of tier um, right now. Um, and if you're looking for teams that can make some more noise and maybe turn some heads here in conference play, um, I think you got to go with Missouri and LSU. Missouri's got one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, they lit up Kentucky for a lot of points at home last week. Uh, they've scored at a really, really high level pretty much all year long. Um, you know, beaten a couple of good teams. Um, you know, the, Missouri's got a really good track record there, and, and Dennis Gates has done a great job of installing an awesome offense. And I think, I want to say Missouri has like seven or eight seniors that are in their rotation, so they, they really know what they're doing out there on the floor. And then LSU completely uh, revamping their roster under Matt McMahon um, and uh, they've got some they've got some guys that can that can you know really really compete at the, at, a, at a super high level uh, and beating Arkansas is no slouch uh, you know early on so I think those are two teams that maybe people didn't think are necessarily going to be contenders or maybe challenge for the top four in the league and I, I think both of them if they play like they have I mean, so far this year um, they're, they're really gonna they're really gonna put some fear in some other teams. I want to ask you about the individual play of Janai Broom because he obviously had a big impact in that Washington game with 18 points, eight rebounds, also had five assists in that one passing against that zone. And then as we've talked a little bit about, uh, really was doing a phenomenal job on Colin Castleton. As you mentioned, Castleton had whipped Auburn a couple of times last year, whips most teams that he plays, but about as ineffective as it gets against Janai Broom and Dylan Cardwell and company uh, against Auburn last week. So how significant is the play of Janai Broom these last couple of games, and, and can he continue with this and, and kind of help this half-court offense out with low post play? Yeah, I think Janai Broom and Jalen Williams are your two best players right now. They're definitely your two most consistent players on both ends of the floor. And so Auburn's having to become a more post-centric team this year. It's it's different. It's it's something that they're having to adjust to, and it's not necessarily going to be the prettiest basketball you're going to see week in, you know, week in and week out, but it's it's really effective. Janai Broom has scored in double digits in his last seven games. He's averaging about eight rebounds a game per that stretch. He's a top 100 rebound on offense and defense in college basketball right now like he is he's playing really really well and and you know he can still get better um his shooting numbers around the rim are not quite as efficient as you would probably like um you know i think he's got to do a better job of kind of finishing through contact and and really really working and when he does get to the free throw line he's got to shoot better there um because he is a pretty good shooter he's got a good mid-range game to him um but he's just not shooting well from the free throw line right now so those are two areas where he can get a lot better, but great rim protector, great rebounder. Um, really, really starting to find his groove on the inside. He's playing great basketball right now, and um, you know that that is something Auburn needs because a really good center, a really good two-way center like Janai Broom, 
uh, can can change so much for you. And it's different, like, you know, Walker Kessler, as now we're even seeing in the NBA, was such as this elite defensive force, but wasn't necessarily a guy that was going to give you a ton of scoring um, night in and night out. Broom's a little different. Uh, you know, he can do that. He can take some of the pressure off these guards, um, these wings on the scoring. And But being a guy who can score a lot more consistently uh, and frequently, and he's done that in the last – you know, really since they came back from Cancun, he's been on a pretty good tear scoring, and I would, I would imagine that's going to keep up. Two games coming up for the Tigers this week, starting off tomorrow night. They're in Athens to take on the Georgia Bulldogs and then return home to Neville Arena on Saturday to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Justin, what do you think is going to be the keys in both of these games for the Auburn Tigers to go in and get a win and, and keep improving their SEC record? Yeah, I think the key for tomorrow night against Georgia is can, can that front court for Auburn take advantage. I mean, this, this Georgia team is a lot better than they were last year. Um, they've already won 10 games. Um, they're playing good. Mike White has kind of revamped this roster, but you know, they don't have go-to scores down low. They don't have like, you know, uh, Braylon Bridges is a good, is a good uh, forward for them. He's a good big man. Um, he's, he's got, he's skilled, but he doesn't carry a ton of their load on offense he's not an elite rebounder um defensively they're you know they're not super super strong uh in the paint so like can Janai Broom can Jalen Williams and when they get on the floor Dylan Carwell and Yohan Trey or can like they make an impact so I think that's where Auburn's biggest edge is in this game then for the backcourt is this can you not let um you know Cario Kendo uh go crazy right now for them I mean and they've also got uh, a transfer point guard as well from Bradley uh, that has done an exceptional job this year. And those guys are both capable of scoring 15, 20, 25 points um, if you let them get hot. Um, they are really, really good. Uh, and we have seen, you know, in the two losses Auburn's had this year, they lose to Memphis. And, you know, Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Miller just goes off in that game. Uh, and they lose to USC. And Boogie Ellis was a guy that, uh, you're sorry, Kendrick Davis and then and the Boogie Ellis just go off in those two losses and so good scoring guards have given Auburn some trouble in these games um so you know Georgia's got the firepower in their backcourt to do that so that's gonna be a key for them is can you slow them down you're not gonna be able to stop them you're not gonna be able to shut them down I don't think but can you make it so that they don't kind of get in that rhythm in that group because um you know Auburn just had a hard time with those those kind of elite scoring guards this season and as for the Arkansas game like Arkansas is going to be incredibly talented and um, they've got a lot of weapons especially on offense they're like right now though they're like a very much like an Eric Musselman team under Arkansas that he's had at Arkansas it's like you know they're, they're still working to kind of come together a lot of these new pieces are trying to gel they're going to be at their best towards the end of the year which is kind of the way he sets things up I think that's why you saw them lose at LSU uh, last week so for Auburn it says can you play great defense against all those weapons good team defense you know, do all the little things right and try to win, you know, and, and protect home court um, because this Arkansas team is beatable uh, for sure. Um, but um, they've got a lot of talent, and they've they when they get going, they can really really put points on the board. So I think defense will have to be a key for Auburn in that one if they want to defend home court and try to try to get a win on on Saturday night against a really good Arkansas team. Ferg, let's talk a little bit about Jalen Williams. It seems to me that uh, whenever he gets the ball in his hands, good things tend to happen. But uh, for the moment, at least, it seems like he's he's more content to, to take a backseat role. Is it viable to, to think that he could go through some kind of almost Chuma Okiki-esque evolution and as the season goes on, become more of the, the top 
scorer on this team, become more of a the alpha dog, if you will. Uh, not to say that he'll become a first-round talent like Chuma Okiki was, but it, could he become that guy for this team? It's possible. I think Janai Barim is going to get a lot of that uh, focus down low. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know, and that's why you see Jalen just come completely take over like that. And it's his personality. You know, Jalen Williams is such a good um, teammate and a good facilitator. I mean, this is a dude who played point guard in high school, even though he was six eight. Um, just because, I mean, he's just a good passer. He's always looking um, to make the extra pass to, to help out his teammates. So he doesn't. He isn't quite as aggressive with his shot as maybe that Auburn needs him to be at times. But there have been some halves. I think the second half against Florida was a good example. Um, second half against uh, Washington, some some stretches earlier in the year where when he gets in a, in, a, in a rhythm, he's one of those guys that can give you a bucket whenever things are getting tough on offense. He plays great defense. He rebounds well. He works hard. Um, you know, So he's a great all-around team player, and I think – for Auburn to be at their best this season, they need Jalen Williams to be one of their two or three best players every single night. And, like, you know, the most effective guy on the floor for them are close to it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that Bruce Pearl has been preaching with him I mean, for years now. It's just they want to see more aggressiveness out of Jalen Williams. I don't think he's going to necessarily become a guy who's going to want to take 20 shots a game or anything like that. Uh, but he's going to be a guy that I think is going to continue to be a focal point because Auburn's guards and wings are not very consistent shooting the ball. They've had some turnover issues. That front court's a lot more stable and a lot more consistent. And so as more of the offense kind of goes through them, I think you're going to see more and more opportunities just naturally come for, for Jalen Williams to step up. Justin, when when we have you on the program, we always, you know, we have to ask the hard hitting questions here. And so the your your tough question for the day is it is it is twenty twenty three. We're three days into twenty twenty three. How does it feel that you're now living in the same year that a Buckies is supposed to open the Auburn Oplaca area? Well, you know, I mean it's 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 exciting. Um it was supposed to open late last year originally, but things kinda got pushed back, of course, construction and prices and all that are kinda going crazy. But you know, I keep an eye on it. I live pretty close out here to it. Um, you know, you, your guys' studio is not too far away from it either, so you you can kind of keep tabs on it. Um, so I, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I haven't moved um, from where I live because I want to be close to it at least when it opens. Um, so we're we're holding on. We're holding on at this point. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, we appreciate the time. What do you have going on here in the coming days and weeks at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, so you can check out. We've had a, had a lot of stuff already this week. Uh, you can check out a couple of newsletters and a couple of free podcasts that we've already put out this week. Today, we talked to Jordan Hill, uh, our buddy from uh, Dogs 247. who used to cover Auburn. We previewed the Auburn-Georgia basketball game with him. There's a newsletter also that breaks a lot of that down. Uh, so if you want to get more on that, both of those are up on the site. And then on Monday, I did a story about um, how the fact that there's uh, there were a ton of really successful year one coaches in college football in 2022, a lot more than usual, and kind of what Auburn under Hugh Freeze can learn from those teams, what kind of lessons they can take away to try to have a successful uh, year one of their own in 2023. You can check that out. And also the latest episode of uh, Friends of the Program with Painter, Dave and Pablo is up, and I believe that is unlocked for everybody to listen. So, a ton of stuff at the Observer. I'll be at, I'll be in Athens tomorrow night for the game. A lot of coverage coming from that. So, yeah, check it out. AuburnObserver.com. It's six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year to subscribe, and everything we do gets sent to your email inbox. So, all the newsletters, all the podcasts come your way if you subscribe. 
Safe travels to Athens, Justin. And again, we appreciate the time and glad to have you back here on the show in 2023. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you.